When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Cesternino back here for another season of Challenge USA Exit Interviews. Very excited. On Mondays, we will talk with the eliminated contestants from the challenge. Today, we are going to be hearing from the first two people that are out from the challenge. Spoiler alert if you didn't watch it yet, but we're going to talk to Amira and then John A. here on our Challenge Exit Interview here with us for the exit interview, uh, joining me today is going to be the co-host of the Challenge Rehap Up. It's Brian Cohen. Brian, how are you? I am doing great. So happy to be here again. Challenge USA is back on RHAP. So it's exciting. Back. It's back. Uh, Brian and Allie have already filed a episode one and episode two recap. Uh, and that is up for you to check out in the Challenge podcast feed brian how are you feeling after two nights of the the challenge usa's return i'm feeling good you know we discussed on the preview i was surprised this season is back but the first two episodes i was really into it i feel like this cast is fun you know we got a different vibe of like the the rookies going at the vets the vets are in the hot water they gotta you know pull in the cold water i think this is they they are they are and i think it's be a lot of fun i think i'm very optimistic about this season yeah so i you know enjoy the show but I am I supposed to know what's going on? Like, am I supposed to know who's on the teams and who's on the red green team? Who's on the green team? Who's on the blue team? Because if I don't have a pad out, there's no right. way I'm remembering who's where. It's a lot of people. I think you just got to remember the core people. Remember which vets are on which team and then cycle down from there. But it's it just seems like it's everyone against the vets. So it's almost like it doesn't even matter at this point who's on what team. It's really just everyone's going against the vets is what the main, the yes. main focus is. And, year. you know, the vets, they are there to like, I think that that might be like help help to make this one go a little bit smoother. Having some of the mm-hmm. vets there as far as the production is concerned. But the two big returning players Wes and bananas, right? Am, am I am I like a yep. you know? Those so, the, yeah, I don't want to slight anybody. Um, but I have to say, I I think that after two hours of the show, I think I'm more of a Wes guy than a bananas guy. I know famously you're you know number one Johnny Bananas super fan. Yeah, I don't think that's a minority opinion. I think if you ask most people who they like more, I think more people would say they like Wes. I, I enjoy bananas. Wes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I like Wes what he's is, doing. Wes, he has he, he he gives he gives a lot more Tyson vibe. So I think you know yes. you're obviously very close to yes. Tyson. He's definitely more that caricature on a, on a team. I like show. that energy. Okay, uh, and yeah. then it was um, very exciting. I like the mechanisms. I like the I, I like all all of the, the Hopper. What do you think, Hopper or the algorithm? What do you what the do you ha- prefer? The so Hopper. Far? I'm gonna take the, the Hopper. hopper. Yeah. I like that yeah. better. 
Yeah. So bring that into the replace the wheel with the hopper one time for you and Akiva. Oh, I mean, it's basically we we should maybe get the season three episode seven hopper going instead of more so than the wheel. Yeah, when you spin the wheel, you should each put a different amount of balls on each idea, and then you know, yeah, put a little ranking system. Okay, uh, so yeah, o- overall, I thought that this was uh, really, really fun. Looking forward to talking yeah. to uh, the uh, two women who went out. I see that we have Amira on the line. Just a quick reminder: you can watch these on our YouTube channel as well. As Rob has a website.com/slash YouTube. Let's go ahead and bring in Amira. Hey, Amira, what's going on? This is Rob Sesternino, Brian Cohen for Rob Has a Podcast. Amira, sorry to see you go on uh, the challenge in the uh, last night's first battle that we got to see. Um, how how frustrating was this experience to go through, to come to the challenge and then get thrown in so early on? It was extremely frustrating. Um, I was upset and in my feelings a lot in the beginning, but yeah, I was... I was ticked. I mean, I did not, you know, this is not how I wanted to go out, especially in the very first one. Are you kidding me? I'm like, you know, you train for, you know, you're training for this thing. Like you're getting ready and then you just go there and then like it's over immediately. (laughs) Was there any level of frustration when we we see how the second um, deliberation goes down and like the rookies have this revolt against the veterans? Was there any now looking back like, what the hell? Where was this support for me? Where was this in the first deliberation? Why didn't they have my back as, as much as they had everyone else's? No, because it's different teams. So I already knew how the green team was riding. That was my team. We were all on the same page from the jump. The blue team, um, while I knew like the Alyssa's were riding for the rookies, the other ones, they, you know, like they went over to the, the vet side. They were like, whatever you say, you know, they, they bended very quickly. And so it's different teams. Different teams have different goals. Um, the green team was always, always going to put in the vets if we won. I, I mean, disregarding Amanda and Wes, but the rest of us, we were all like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So, um, and that's why we did that. Even when we voted, we were voting in vets. So. Yeah. So Amir, you were part of the, uh, the group that Tiffany ended up talking about in the second episode of all of the, a lot of the women between uh, the shows of survivor and big brother. I'm sorry, what was that? Were you part of the alliance that Tiffany had outlined of being uh, across a lot of the different shows uh, with Survivor Big Brother? Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, How did it, you? Oh, sorry. Go Keep going. Um, so a lot of us, we're already friends. So and that's the thing with this show is like we already been on different shows. So we know we already have like our groups, our friends. And so, yeah, I already was working with Alyssa's Chanel. Um, once I got there, I met Michaela, you know, and we immediately bonded and we had a, a goal of taking out the vets. So, yes, I was in that group. Where did you get the sense of where like Fessel coming in? He's, you know, he's obviously Big Brother original, but he's been on the challenge a lot more. Do you think where do you get a sense of like some of those people that have been on the challenge, but also coming in the CBS world? Were they more with your side of like wanting to overthrow like the challenge vets? Or did you get a sense that they more wanted to work with those challenge vets that they kind of had that history with? I got the sense that they were going to play the middle as long as they possibly could, which respect, I would have done the same thing. Um, Fessy, I remember he was wearing like Crocs one day and they had the MTV pin on it. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't see no CBS pin on there. I know where it's going. So Fessy, you know, he doesn't, even though he came from CBS, he's from Big Brother, he doesn't know us. He knows them. So I feel like he would be more inclined to work with people that he actually knows, whether they're on his side or not, he knows how they play. And he knows that they need him as a number because, you know, there's only six of them. So I feel like he was going to more so go with that side of the house. Amir, we didn't get to see too much of the drama at the house uh, during uh, the first couple of nights of the challenge. Can you give us a little bit more of a sense of like, uh, what was the vibe at the house and what was going on there? 
Um, obviously my vibe was quite different than everyone else's. Um, everyone else, it was party time. So everyone is just drinking a lot in the sauna. People are in the hot tub. People are in the, you know, are, you know, in the pool. Everybody is just having the time of their lives. So, um, the, you know, that's what I would say. Everyone was just having a lot of fun. That's all that they were really doing. And then there's me running around like a, you know, a chicken with his head cut off, like trying to get everyone to vote in boys. There was none of that in the Big Brother house the first week. There's not a lot of drinking and partying and doing all that. <laughs> very, very different. No, no, Big Brother, they give like one bottle of champagne. They're like, all right, for all 16 of you, let's okay. go. They're like, okay, here's my swig. <laughs> Amira, do you have any uh, theories about why, why was your name the name that ended up coming up? Um, I was the only rookie girl on my team. So once they decided that they were going to go ahead and vote in green, I knew that, you know, I know why they did it. They can say, oh, I didn't have a relationship with her. That's fine. And it's true. But I'm the only rookie. And that's how the way they played it. We've all seen the way they play, they've been playing the games over the years. We know what, what their move is. So your elimination loss to Michelle was very, very close. I think it was like 15 or 16 balls uh, separated you two. Looking back, do you think there was anything uh, like a tactic or uh, something you were doing that made you do better later on that maybe you wish you did earlier? Like, what do you think caused you to like such a close loss? Like, is there anything you think you could have done a little bit better to get you over the hump there? I felt like I did the best that I could. I really tried. I was going hard the whole time. I didn't get tired. The only thing that affected me was the breathing. It's so cold out. It's 30 degrees outside. The water is freezing cold and I'm just getting dunked nonstop. And so I've never done a cold plunge before. If I could do it all over again before the show, I'd probably do a few cold plunges. But other than that, I was just going. I mean, I didn't stop. They told us that we could take a, if we needed a break, let them know and they would just hold us. Neither me nor Nichelle did. We just kept going the entire time. So I really do feel like I did the best that I could. Can you talk a little bit about the challenge uh, that you all went through with carrying the heavy statue? Because it looked like there was a couple of points where things got like really dangerous in terms of uh, those statues just being out of control. Yeah, it's funny because like Wes told us like, oh, those statues aren't going to be that heavy. And then we all, you know, they get lifted and everyone's like, oh, these things are very heavy. Um, so in the second round, you're able if you get the when you get the puzzle, you're able to put it in a wagon. Uh, but you're going downhill for a portion of it. So I can't remember what team's wagon got loose. Somebody's wagon got loose. I can't remember who it was at that point, but people were getting like trampled over it. People were in the way. People were yelling, watch out, because it was just a free for all. It was a mess. It was just, everyone was just going as fast as they could, knocking people over. It didn't matter if you were in the way, you were in the way and you were getting ran over. <laughs> and I think you were, you and Amanda were tasked to like follow the symbols and memorize the code. Like, so what went wrong there that was it mostly Amanda symbols or like a combination? Like what went wrong in like the symbol portion of, of that uh, daily? So there was three rounds. First one, um, me and Amanda were on the symbols. The last one, me, Amanda and Desi did it. And then the second round, they needed my help to do the uh, wagon. So I wasn't memorizing symbols anymore. Mm. So all on Amanda. Um, Amanda told, you know, before we go in this, we all go around the room. We all within the green team and tell our strengths and Amanda's was puzzles. And so, I, and I think the rest of us felt pretty confident with Amanda running it. I will say though, it ended up being more. So the first round there was like, you know, say there was five symbols. The second round there was more symbols. And so it ended up being more than I think all of us thought there were. And so there should have been more than maybe one to three people also looking or two to three people also looking at symbols instead of having it all on Amanda. How was it meeting up with the MTV vets? I know you uh, know so many of the Survivor and Big Brother people, but were they standoffish when they got to the house or they were ever, you know, uh, op open arms for the newcomers? I don't want to say they were open arms, but they were definitely loud, fun, talking that, you know, they were very talkative, very confident. Um, 
but they weren't like, hey, let's work together. They were just like, hey, let's have an amazing time. Let's drink. Let's have fun. But um, definitely a different vibe with CBSP players versus the MTV ones. They're a little crazy. They're a little wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. When TJ was pulling the names out of the hopper for team captains, were you hoping to get, see your name picked there? And did you already have in mind of people you were hoping to be drafted? I didn't have anything in mind, but I know that I, I would have crafted a pretty solid team. Yeah, I wanted to get picked once he said that. I was like, come on, let's go, let's go. <laughs> what would your strategy have been in terms of the draft? Um, spreading out my friends to other other teams and people that I didn't feel confident with, putting them on my team. That's pretty good. That was pretty so- good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. I was, did you have any expectations of like what type of challenges and how physically demanding the show has been? Like, what was your experience before this? Like what of the challenge and what to kind of expect going into it? Um, I, I would say it was, it was what I expected. Um, I knew that it was going to be, the challenges were going to be hard. I only participated in one challenge and it was hard, but it was, it was what I expected. I felt like I could keep up. I knew it was going to be a lot of endurance. So that's what I Mm -hmm. trained for. I went out here. I was like, it doesn't matter what the challenge is. As long as you can keep up, you're going to be fine. And so that was my whole thing. Training is like endurance, endurance, endurance. And that's what it came down to when we were out there was just because we're running for a long time. You know, they're obviously squeezed into a long time, but we're running up hills and down like we're running a lot. So it was I would say it was what I expected. It was hard. Amir, is there anything else that you want the fans to know about your time on the challenge? Um. It was fun. I would do it again. Um, I wish that I could have stayed longer. I also wish that the first challenge didn't happen so soon. I mean, literally, I think it was the second day. Like we literally move in and then the next morning it's like, okay, boom, let's go do this challenge. So I wish there was a little more time to mingle and really form alliances before it all starts. So it's pretty much like a free for all at first. Okay. All right. Amira, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Uh, Say it to see you go all the best outside the show. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. All right, everybody, uh, there you have it. Amira, first person out from the Challenge USA. Brian, uh, tough for Amira. Two two quick stints on CBS Reality TV. Yeah, two short stints. You know, would have liked to see a little bit more from her. This is her second chance to thrive. Cut short again. At least she got the second week. You know, not just one week, a little part of week two, episode mm-hmm. two. So. It was but a long weekend. Like to see more. A long weekend long for, weekend. yeah, four-day weekend uh, on the reality yeah. TV. All right. Yeah. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to bring in our interview with the second person out from the Challenge USA. And that would be John A. Hey, John A., this is Rob Sestrino and Brian Cohen from RHAP. Uh, John A., uh, sorry to see you go out of the challenge. Can you you talk a little bit about how uh, you ultimately ended up in this situation with casting the vote against Michelle at the first vote? (laughs) What are you asking? Why did I vote in Michelle? Yes. I think that's the biggest question of the day is what, what were you thinking? Right. Um, so let me just set this up for you. So I got thrown into a game, right. Where first things right off the bat, 18 to six, 18 people. The one thing, one goal they had in common was we need to get these six people out immediately. Not only that, um, rode in on a jet ski, crashed the party. They hated that. Um, I was first round draft pick for the second time. So the target just kept getting bigger and bigger, you know, right? And then TJ's like, hey, um, let's just, you know, make everybody carry a giant statue of you up the mountain. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, 
if, you, if people didn't already hate me, this is like the best way to make them hate me more, right? You deserve the statue um, though, Jana. You deserve the statue. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, right, it's basically what I'm trying to say is from the jump, I knew my back was against the wall. Like I knew that this game specifically was going to be an uphill battle no matter what I did. I was outnumbered. So I was trying to figure out, I mean, this is still early in the game, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what TJ's going to throw at us. We don't know anything, okay? So I was trying to work with what I had, and I'm like, I've never done a secret vote before. They told me it was a secret vote. Lies. TJ's a liar. I just need to, like, anything he says, I just need to be like, that's actually not what's happening. Um, what he did was he brought in a Jumbotron into mm-hmm. one nation. Um, but anyways, so for me, I was trying to use my vote, um, you know, thinking that it was going to be 100% secret and no one would ever find out. Um, I was trying to use my vote to better myself in the game. Um, I'm a strategic player and I, um, try to navigate things. And I, the best way I can put it, I've said this before, but is, um, I was basically playing a game of chess while everybody else was playing checkers. Like everybody was still in the beginning stages of like, okay, it's red team versus blue team versus green team. I was like, no, this is big brother versus survivor versus amazing race versus people who have been on both the challenge and other shows. And I was like, and also this isn't a team game. This is an individual game. Like I've never competed with the team mindset before. Um, There's only going to be one male, one female winner. So I was like, I know some point down the road, like, you know, maybe they're going to break us up. I don't know what's going to happen. So um, I basically looked at like everybody's connections, who they knew in the house, who they played with before, what show they were from. And for me, I wasn't thinking of the red team. I was thinking like strategically, how do I better John A's game, you know? And, um, this, the, some of the people that I was connected to, Michelle was also connected to the assets that I bring to a team. You know, she also has very similar aspects. She's very smart. She's, I mean, she won her season of survivor. She's only female winner there. And I, I just figured being aligned with some of the big brother people, the only thing that I can do, like, as I'm, paddling uphill without a paddle or whatever that saying is, is somehow try to create a crack in the survivors. Because I knew that silently the seven of them like were a force to be reckoned with. And the the one person in the middle of that holding them together, but that also had challenge alliances was Michelle. So Michelle is so smart. As we see, like, you know, second episode, she convinced a group of people, hey, yeah, let's get one of the vets out. And I I laughed out loud watching that because I was like, aren't you a vet? Like, you know what I mean? Kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not one of the six that got brought in, but you also have relationships with other people in the house because you've done challenge seasons before. But she she's so smart. She got people to do what she wanted them to do without having to do it herself. And game recognizes game from the jump, from just meeting Michelle and being around her and everything. Like I hadn't seen her survivor season, but from the jump, I knew that she was just as lethal of a player as I was. And so if I had any chance to get someone out, like that was my best shot. That would a big move that I was taking a risk that later on helped me down the road. Mm -hmm. So I know it doesn't come across like that on the show. It just looks like I'm a sneaky snake that backstabs my team. But I was thinking six steps ahead when, I mean, I feel like people make that a mistake in Survivor. They're like, how can I better my game? But then you have to make it there in order for it to Mm -hmm. work out, you know? So, yeah. 
That was how, how, su- how surprised were you and everyone else really that after the first hopper pulls out, it's a, it's a girl's elimination, typically in these types of shows where it's girls elimination, guys elimination was the assumption being the next time, it was just going to be yes. a men's elimination. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because that was, so in the house, we don't know anything that's happening. That was the assumption. Like we thought like, and that was another factor. I was like, okay, well, if this time it is a girl's elimination, then maybe next time it'll be a guy's elimination. That right. buys me one more week in the house. Right. So while everybody was sitting there and saying like, oh, let's all vote a girl in or, oh, let's do this. Everybody had their own reasons of who they thought should go in. That was one of the factors. We had no idea that it was going to be genderless, like that it would be anybody could go in at any time. It just depends on whatever the the hopper spits out. I'm sorry, the hopper, like it kills You don't me. like it? Like, oh my God. No, I, okay, so- I love it, right? Um, because of how random it is. So back at back in the day, like I used to hate coming into games where you'd have like the bananas, the different people who basically the game was already set in stone and being right. a rookie or whatever, not being aligned with these people, I, I had no chance. So I love things that are like completely random and it's like everybody has to be on their toes. Now I would prefer something more similar to USA one where it's, the randomness is, oh, you get a random partner. That'd be great for somebody like me because then people would be like, oh, let's keep John A here because she's a good partner, right. you know? Random eliminations? <laughs> like, no. Uh, I hate it. But I will say now that I am eliminated out of the game and not there and being stressed out by it, um, I am very excited to watch what happens. Jenna, you're... Your your journey on this show is honestly one of my favorites going back from where you left the challenge proper, like I call it challenge MTV to now two time yeah. champion, I think really three time champion because you're the top female yeah. challenge, challenge one. So how have yeah. you had to like adjust your mindset kind of going into a season where like, a few years ago, you're like the underdog, you know, no one's really thinking, yeah. oh, John, hey, you got to worry about her. How do you now going in? You're like, as you said, you're the first overall draft pick. How do you change yeah. the way you're playing now that you're like the hunted? Well, let me just say, um, I wish we would have had this conversation before going to this show. <laughs> and I would have been like, aha, that's smart. Um, I'm still getting used to the whole target thing. Like before, like you said, I anytime I've played before, um, and this is probably one of the reasons why I won season three, to be honest, is like I was so under the radar. Everybody saw yeah. me. They're like, oh, she's nice. She's cool. Like, we don't have to worry about her. Well, that is no longer the case. Um, I can no longer hide behind that. Um, I'm actually kind of hoping maybe I should stop telling people why I voted Michelle in for real, because I, I want people to think it was just a dumb decision. Because- well, you're just helping. You're the second boot now. You're not that good. You're mm-hmm. out second. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible, about you. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I will say before, if I do another season, I need to figure out how to navigate it. But what do you mean if you. TJ said we will see you back? <laughs> well, I mean, it all depends on the time of my life, right? Um, but yeah, if I when when I go back, um, I need to take that more into consideration. But let me tell you, this season of the Challenge USA was not the time to test that mm-hmm. theory of how do I navigate not or how do I navigate being a target because there was no no way to hide behind anything this time. Yeah. Okay. It was oh, very pushing the spotlight. Johnny, I know you have a lot of press to do today. So thank you so much for making some time to uh, talk with us. Santa Seiko. Yes. And uh, this was really great to talk to you. Yes. Great meeting you, Johnny. All right. Take care. I'm sad to go, but I'm excited to watch it now. So <laughs> thank you so thank much. You. Okay. Yeah. Bye. 
All right, everybody, there you have it. There's John A. from The Challenge. Really my first experience and interaction uh, with her. And that was not the answer that I was expecting to get uh, regarding why she voted Michelle, uh, cast that rogue vote for Michelle. But I mean, that was, I thought, a pretty respectful answer as to why uh, one might uh, come for Michelle in the beginning of a game uh, such as this. So Thanks to John A. Thanks to Brian, who had to run to a work meeting uh, and couldn't join us here for the wrap up to this episode of the podcast. Of course, you can catch these exit interviews every single week here on RHAP and again in our YouTube channel over at robinsonwebsite.com slash YouTube. I'm going to be getting ready for the slop, talking about all the Big Brother nonsense, but I think we'll probably talk some challenge nonsense this season as well on the slop. That is a patron-only show if you are interested in that sort of thing and everything we have to offer for the biggest reality TV fans uh, there are. Go to robinsonwebsite.com slash patron. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.